Welcome to the Secret Lives of Chiropractors, where we get personal with chiropractic leaders, mentors, and influential entrepreneurs. And when I say personal, I mean really personal. So personal that the things that will come up about uh, in these episodes, they haven't shared anywhere else. Today, I had Dr. Matthew Loop on here, who is an absolute legend in chiropractic entrepreneurship, especially when it comes down to anything social media, you are going to love this conversation. The theme that keeps coming up in this conversation with Matthew, and you're going to see this is twofold. One, it's all about access and that circle of influence. And number two, you're going to hear him say this over and over again, consistency in the right mindset and the right action steps. This is exactly why I designed the Elevate Club. This is where you get consistent weekly trainings in mindset and success principles that are actually going to move the needle forward. I wouldn't tell you to hustle and 10x your efforts. Trust me, I've done that. It's a lot of work. And while it works, it doesn't have to be that way. And you might burn out like I did. But Elevate is going to teach you how to stay consistent in taking the right actions that will actually move the needle forward. Not only that, you are going to hang out with people that are growth-centered and they want the same things. I mean, look at your circle. If your circle is who you are, then is your circle of influence people that you hang out with, are they growth-centered? Are they having the conversations that are going to make you think twice or deeper or outside the box? Or are you surrounded by people and experiences and opportunities that are keeping your life the same? Or at best, giving you incremental growth? Because there is this thing called a quantum leap, and we talk about it a lot inside of Elevate Club, and it is possible. And if you're intrigued, you may want to join Elevate Club, and that's exactly what it's meant to do to guide you through that, to guide you to have a quantum leap. I am sure the link is in here somewhere, but it is www.elevate, that is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E dot me. And as always, enjoy this episode with Matthew Loop and be sure to subscribe, share, like, and all the things. All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Today, I have one of the more most popular, one of my most favorite chiropractors and entrepreneurs, um, Dr. Matthew Loop. Uh, he is the best-selling author of Social Me- uh, Media Made Me Rich. He's an investor, a speaker, a chiropractor, ha- highly sought-after social media profit strategist. And I know several people who have worked with him with uh, incredible results. He helps doctors and entrepreneurs and healthcare professionals uh, multiply their income, monthly income, by harnessing uh, powerful platforms such as TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, Instagram. And I'm constantly watching everything that he's teaching on these platforms, also on how to do it, what not to do. Since the MySpace uh, days in 2005, he's trained over 43,000, you heard that right, 43,000 businesses and business owners in 25 different countries. 
millions have viewed his um, free growth tutorials online, which maybe we can, if he'll let us, we'll put the link in here for that. Matthew's public speaking events are attended by thousands of high achievers and forward thinkers annually. And we'll get to talk about that as well. Well, welcome. Thank you so much, Matthew, for being here with me. Uh, thanks for the invite, Noah, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. So one of the first things that I would love to learn about you, Matthew, is um, as a as a little boy, because you're you're so entrepreneurial, you're not just a chiropractor, you're so entrepreneurial, you're so forward think- thinking. I've watched you quote unquote make predictions. I don't know you do that on purpose or not, but you're like, this is what's <laughs> gonna happen. And then and then watch it happen, whether it's with regards to TikTok or or Instagram or any of the other investments, everything else that you do. So I'm curious what your childhood was like. Like what was your what were you like as a four-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old that maybe shaped you or maybe gave you the tools to be who you are today? It's a great question. Um, I grew up in a, with a sing, single mother until I was about seven, eight years old. And my uh, mother met my stepdad. Um, and I had a wonderful family life, but grew up, I would say, middle class, lower middle class, lived in an apartment complex early on. And uh, just again, surrounded by a mom that would do things for me, you know, take me to the baseball games. And um, I just have great memories of my childhood, but I knew from early on that for some reason, I never wanted to limit myself Like with people saying, well, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I'm like, why, why can't I do this? So it almost put a chip on my shoulder. And maybe also the fact that I didn't grow up necessarily with a biological father, maybe that had something to do with about proving myself and whatnot subconsciously. But I just, um, from early on, I was kind of a high achiever in school in terms of getting good grades. And I was always doing the extra effort I didn't really understand as much about the business side of things, or uh, I, I would say I grew up in a typical employee-based household mm-hmm. where I just, I, but I wanted to work early on. So I had, I always had jobs early on, try to make extra money and do other things. So I didn't necessarily grow up in an entrepreneurial household, but there was just so many benefits. And of course, as my mom met my father uh, when I was seven, eight years old, just kind of learned about uh, discipline, more work ethic, um, and tough love and all these things that really, I think, create a great character. So I was very blessed as a child, for sure. Were you the only child? I had a stepsister and then um, Kayla and then uh, my other sister came along in 1990. So I had two sisters. But it sounds like, were you the only child for a while? Yes. Okay. Until how old? Yeah, it was, was I 10 years old? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much grew up like as the only child. Yeah. Yeah. Proving to the world, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) That's, that's awesome. And it's interesting. You say like, uh, you know, middle-class or whatever. I think that there's either when you, when you grow up in a really rich family or when you grow up in a really poor family, you kind of have an advantage. Like if you're really poor, you have this struggle of like, I have to make more money and and you become entrepreneurial, a lot of entrepreneurial studies or um, uh, entrepreneurial stories. I mean, they start out that way, but when you're middle-class and everything's provided for you, you're kind of safe and comfortable. Um, It does take character to actually step outside of the comfort zone and say, I'm looking for something more, right? And I want something more, whether it's like make more money or now yeah. where in your journey, did you start to become more entrepreneurial? Was it in, in when you started to pivot from the chiropractor into marketer or was it prior to that? Had you tapped into any of 
the entrepreneurial pieces of things? I think when I was actually in chiropractic school, mm-hmm. I, met a, I met a gentleman. This is probably, I don't know, a year and a half into school. And all I knew, like we hung out in class, had a lot of things in common, but uh, somehow he ended up showing me like how he was paying for chiropractic school. Huh. And at the, t- at the time, he was selling knockoff Louis Vuitton handbags. And he, w- he was making like two grand a day in some cases. I'm like, what are you doing out of this stuff? And I, I never went that route to sell those like handbags because, of course, there could be a lot of um, trouble with that. Yeah. However, I was just like, this is crazy. How is he making this much on eBay online in 2000, uh, like 1999, 2000? And so I just started to think, like, this is very fascinating to me. And of course, natural and chiropractic school. I never wanted to be just an associate because I knew that I would be limited initially by the income. So I thought the independent contractor route might be the best option, which is what I eventually chose. Mm-hmm. But so, so in schools, when I really started to learn from uh, different people and friends and colleagues that were more assertive, and I like I, I like that style better. And then I started to read books like Rich Dad Poor Dad. I think I read that right around 2002, mm-hmm. and that totally shifted my perspective on a lot of things. Of course, I, I wasn't in a position necessarily to invest in real estate. However, I, I would start asking more intelligent questions, not necessarily, um, you know, uh, uh, why can't I do this, but but how can I achieve this? Mm-hmm. And so that really just opened the door. So I'd say right around that time period is when I I just. Kind of fell into my own. I'm, I might have had entrepreneurial tendencies a little bit early on, but it wasn't really realized until the, in school. And then once I got out, I, I certainly knew that um, I needed to be a better communicator. I had patients coming in my office, but it just wasn't enough. And you know how it goes in school. Yeah. You're really not taught that you have to sometimes wait two to three months for uh, insurance reimbursement sure. on your services. So I learned that delayed gratification uh, in a challenging time in my life. But throughout that, I, I was starting to study marketing and read books like Robert Cialdini's Influence, Psychology of Persuasion, Michael Gerber, Emith. And I just felt, felt like I was really expanding. And then, of course, MySpace came into the play and you know, the rest is history, I guess. Mm. So how, how long did you practice before you pivoted out? Um, well, I had the practice. I had the practice up until was it last year. Um, oh, I wasn't. Really? I, I wasn't in the practice though a lot oh, okay. because I had two independent contractors that would see patients, and Got I travel. It. I travel and speak, so it was a really nice passive income source. And yeah. then we finally just let it go last year. But I started in 2004 as an IC, and okay. then um, just I would say right around 2007 is when things really, really picked up to where I had so many doctors that were buying the online course that I had created on MySpace and YouTube. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't know, uh, I was just doing this for fun. And all of a sudden yeah. it became a thing where people yeah. were coming into my office. And then my friends were asking me, Hey, can you show me how to do this? And I began showing so many docs that I just had to figure out how to turn it into a course. And then, but, but right around that time is when my secondary source of income surpassed the primary practice. That's yeah. what I've consciously made the decision. I love taking care of patients, but if I could help thousands of doctors reach millions of patients, around the world, that's pretty darn cool. So my trajectory more so shifted to the consulting side, like around that time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's much bigger impact if you're, if you're able to do that for other doctors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. So, um, I'm curious what happened to the guy that, that was selling the, uh, knockoff, uh, Louis Vuitton bags. 
Do you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But he's, uh, I mean, he's a successful practitioner. Of course, everyone yeah. evolves, certainly. Yeah, no. um, uh, definitely. I haven't, I haven't spoken to him in many, in many years. Last time I heard he was in the, uh, the Caribbean and doing his thing. Oh. He has fam- family down there. But yeah. <laughs> Just curious. Like, what is yeah. Because yeah. I didn't have a lot of those. I didn't have, I don't know that I was around anybody that was entrepreneurial, like up until I became entrepreneurial, you know, like in school, I don't know that I had that influence. I don't, mm-hmm. my parents definitely were not, they were nine to fivers. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't until I had to like sink or swim on my own <laughs> that I started to. Once you were in practice. Once I was in practice, yeah. then yeah. it was like, I mean, I had, like you, you mentioned you had some entrepreneurial things like tendencies. Like I started a tutoring thing when I was in high school or, you know, little things here and there, but I didn't really dive in until I had had to become an entrepreneur, if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. um, in any case, you mentioned quite a list of uh, books that were, you know, you, it sounded like you really immersed yourself in those books to kind of launch yourself as into the new identity of who you became. And I know, uh, knowing you and just kind of watching you online that you uh, you read a lot, you also still continue to grow and and look into those kinds of things. Now, people are interested to know what Matthew Loop's uh, day looks like. Like, what's your morning routine and what do you what do you do throughout? The, what's your key to like having a successful day and run me through an entire day, like a routine? Maybe you have a morning routine, maybe you don't or whatever that looks like. Yeah. So I think, and I don't remember who said this, but either you run the day or the day runs you, right? So I'm very old school. I love technology, certainly, but there's just very few things that beat a simple to-do list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's ridiculously simple. So when I get up in the morning, um, you know, and this this will typically range, sometimes it's 5.45, sometimes it's 6.30. Uh, more lately and likely in the future, I'm going to be, I'm going to do the five o'clock, like 5.45, 5.30-ish. I, because of course- mm-hmm. Like many, I'm very productive in the morning in that regard. Sure. So, you know, wake up in the morning, I'll set the intention. Sometimes I'll do the meditation visualization. I'm not great about that, honestly, though, but I do have the goals, the things I want to achieve in front of me all the time. So it's constantly reminding me. Um, and I'll put the highest priority tasks at the top because in the morning for me, the stuff that I really don't want to do as much, I, I just have more energy and enthusiasm to do those in, in the morning. Yeah. And so I just try to pr- prioritize uh, like that. But before I do all that stuff, you know, of course, I try to set myself and say some positive affirmations, financially wise, uh, family wise. And I just find that uh, if I take a couple of minutes just to be grateful, that it sets a really good tone of the day. Um, so that's usually the first hour of the morning. Uh, I'll try to go to the gym usually four to five times a week. And that's somewhere around midday, usually around two o'clock ish. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a block where I might be with coaching clients in the morning, or I'll communicate with my team through the other companies. And then from there, do like a a workout midday. And then depending on like right now, it's summertime. So uh, the kids are here. We have activities planned, you know, whether it's just walking or playing tennis, or uh, it could be soccer or, you know, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And then it's just about setting a clear intention, making sure I get what I need to get done that day. And then the rest of it, I can't say that I have a specific time and I, and I should have a time better allocated for reading and consuming information, but that's kind of more sporadic throughout the day. It's not like I have five o'clock to six o'clock at night to kind of do that. 
So sometimes my days can certainly vary, but the fact that I'm able to do everything from this you know, computer and I have a good supporting staff and team it just allows me more flexibility in my schedule. So that's the, really the main thing that I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And um, as long as I get up early, as long as I do those things in the morning, and especially if I feel like I work out, I can just process things much clearer. And you know, of course, I, I feel like I do win the day. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I find. Obviously everyone I've interviewed on this podcast, secret lives of chiropractors, they're really successful chiropractors and every single person has had, has been like, this is my number one top secret sauce to success is having that, um, you know, morning routine or setting the intention and everybody has different things that they do, but having something that, changes your state is really important. So speaking of secret sauce, what, what else aside from having a morning routine, what, what do you think is your secret sauce? Like what's made you so successful and get to the level that you've gotten? Because I'm sure it didn't come with easy. I'm sure there were struggles. I'm sure there were hard work that you'd put in there. What's your secret sauce? I think it's a combination obviously of the consistency and being able to identify opportunities very early on. I mean, when you immerse yourself in any industry, you kind of have your finger on the pulse and there's always that innovator phase where social media, I've kind of always been in that feed. Like I know what's coming and I know it's usually going to be popular and I'll get in there before it does. And I know how to work the platform, the network, the connections, all that stuff. Um, in, in the recent years, because there, there are barriers to entry of entry in any business venture that you are in. But I will say in the recent years, what's benefited me the most is kind of looking at everything and figuring out where the highest barriers of entry are going to be. Because, I mean, even though I have a separate agency that does TikTok ads or whatever, I mean, anyone can take an online course and learn how to market a little bit and start to advertise in a similar field. Now, of course, I built up brand equity and elevated my status quite a bit to allow people to want to choose me first. However, it's one of those bar- those, those businesses that doesn't have a high barrier of entry mm. versus if you're going to, let's say, uh, um, have a real estate portfolio or start a fund, or you're going to start business acquisitions or wh- whatever that is. You know, So I, I, especially the last several years, I think it's important for the average doc or you know that's thinking about their future or generating additional streams of income i mean you want to definitely figure out where the puck is moving but think of how i, I heard recently uh, i mean i think i've heard like warren buffett say it recently i heard ty lopez reiterate it uh creating a moat around your business like a barrier to where again you, you don't have all these copycats coming in and just trying to take and, and run with it so that's been some of those valuable advice that i personally ever learned and being immersed in an industry where you can truly uh, spot the trends. And for me, it's not enough to just be online. This year in in particular, last year, when no one's showing up, I'm showing up because a lot of the connections and what happens in the room, especially when you use social media a certain way, you just can't put a price tag on being face-to-face with somebody, especially when everyone now thinks Zoom is just as good. Like, you know, when you and I connected, for example, in Cabo San Lucas, right? That's a that's a different element of what I, you know. I know her. She's got some really great content. I trust her. Yeah, let's 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 do this. Let's hang out or whatever. So I think people, I think people undervalue that a lot. But for success and relationships and um, business, it's just absolutely critical. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly right. And the connection piece of it too is 
um, you're right. It's been, it's something that we're miss. We've been missing in the past couple of years. So um, adding that back in, uh, in the years. Now you mentioned investments and real estate and all of these things. I, so far I've interviewed so many of these chiropractors and, and I've been asking the question, I'm not going to ask you the same question, but mm-hmm. I've been asking the, the question, like, what do you regret the most? Number one thing that you regret. And I know everybody starts out by saying they don't regret anything in their life. <laughs> if you were to do something different, <laughs> what would you do? And you know, so many chiropractors, healthcare professionals will tell me, that they wish they had invested more like real estate or, or learned about investing or learned about how to spend their money or do their finances. Um, do you find that to be true? I mean, I know that obviously you took a different route. You're, you've been kind of ahead of the game, but. No, well, it's hundred percent true. I mean, there was a point in time. I don't remember when this was, could have been like, eight, nine years ago, where you're having these amazing years, practice combination with online, you got all this money. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the month, you're like, where the heck did everything go? Yeah. And that was, I heard Tony Robbins a uh, long time ago say, a business will eat whatever capital is available. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's something that just struck me. And I said, this is common sense stuff. So of course, one of the simplest things that anyone can do to either improve their financial situation, it's not sexy short-term stuff, but it is allocating, like paying yourself first, like the old saying goes. And that's just, that's been one of the most valuable things I ever done. I'm just very disciplined about that. So I'm so, uh, I don't want to say anal retentive about that, but if we have like, because being an entrepreneur, some days are way up, some days are down, some days are much, much higher. So Every day, I'm looking for opportunities where I can kind of skim off and put that into investment because at the end of the day, you want your money to work harder than what you work. That's what I was taught. That's what I believe. That's what I've seen uh, create more prosperity in my own life. And if you analyze the wealthiest people in the world, that's consistently what they do, whether it is through real estate or business acquisitions or some other Mm -hmm. medium. So I do, I would have loved to be able to have that discipline early on. Mm. The, 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 the way that I grew up, I mimicked habits that other people were doing. You know, they would buy the car, the saving a little bit here and there, but there was no really, uh, it wasn't a top priority. You know, I wanted the, whatever jeans they were popular at the time. I mean, I, and I'm not saying you need to live like a miser, but it was just a, a simple thing that I, you know, I mean, I could have probably paid for my chiropractic school and then, you know, bought houses when I was there, if I would have been strategic about the uh, the money I was making. Yeah. I do think that that's consistent, uh, amongst like anybody who goes into traditional ways of, you know, say chiropractor, healthcare professional, even medical doctors, they have, you know, we all need those resources to do that. Now you mentioned a couple of books. Um, I know this is a topic that you talk about a lot too, like investments and real estate and things that in the direction that at least things are going. I've seen you do sure. that. What's like the number one uh, resource? Like a chiropractor wants to learn how to invest or what's like, what I, I haven't done anything. I, what's the yeah. first thing I should do? I mean, I could give you resources in terms of podcasts and books and all that stuff, which which are fantastic. Now, I'll tell you what I personally do, yeah. And I've I've just learned this over the years too. Is that if I see someone, let's say I wanted to be huge in, um, you know, multifamily or whatever, if that was the 
area that I really wanted to be in. I would find who, whoever it was, you know, like I, I've always followed guys, Robert Kiyosaki, Ken McElroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's other amazing real estate entrepreneurs out there, but you know, whoever's the top dog in the multifamily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and recently I connected with a guy, uh, Tim Bratz through a different mastermind from Mark Evans. But I would say, all right, what do I have to do to get in his inner circle and or pay him to spend a day or two if they're trading time for money? Because many of these people, they don't trade time for money. Uh, in terms of the fastest way to access, it's the concierge model. So whenever I'm looking to learn something really, like that's that's where I'll push now. But let's say you don't have a lot of resources at this stage or a lot of capital. Absolutely. I mean, like uh, Ken McElroy has a fantastic podcast. Robert Kiyosaki, the same thing. And you can learn so many things a website, Bigger Pockets, mm-hmm. great resources for beginner investors, and you can at least get confidence in uh, in what you're doing, right? So those are some easy resources. Okay, awesome. Yeah, thank you. So um, it sounds like one of the things you would have done differently is you would have invested more, or you would have prioritized investing or moving money around into ways that grow on itself, right? Sure. And now as a if you were to go back and give yourself any other advice to the young version of you who was just out of school, what advice would you give to that chiropractor, especially if you stepped into business as you stepped into your business? Yeah, I mean there are so many things, but I would say just because you don't see the results happening right now doesn't mean they're not going to come. There's always that gestational period for everything. And I think sometimes it's very easy because of how we've been brought up to think that if it's not happening now, then it's not going to happen. Like there are sometimes mm-hmm. I'll go in and uh, maybe privately coach a chiropractor that's social media wise. And there's more of a ramp up time because the market is extremely competitive. You got 16 people doing similar things, but it's about mm-hmm. testing different formats and stories and zigging while others are zagging. And then eventually you always have the breakthrough. It's just about putting in the time and consistently doing the work over and over and over again. And if, and if you do, it's like, it's almost like the universe conspires toward you and things eventually happen. Okay. All right. Really good. And that consistency and persistence, it came up a couple of times in our conversations, even like your key to success, like just staying consistent and being persistent in that path too. Very cool. I um, would like to ask you some really fun, like short answer questions real quick. Uh, One is, did you have a nickname when you were a child? Did I have a nickname? Uh, A lot of people called me by my last name, Loop. I mean, that was one of the things. um, Did I ever have a nickname? I can't remember uh, uh, something that really, really stuck out. Yeah, I'll, I'll circle back on that if I do. But okay. yeah, people would just call me by my last name. <laughs> okay. And so um, you already kind of said, were you always a, an A student in school or did it change over time, like high school versus chiropractic school? I always wanted to be the best, at least academically at that twin time. Yeah. It was it was a competition to me. So I always strived. I didn't always get 100% A's, but I was always pushing myself in, in that regard. To do that. Okay. And what was your first job? First job was at a package store when I was I've been 14, 15 years old. I was actually stocking the cooler at a package store. So okay. yeah. All right, cool. And um, what kind of car do you drive? Right now I drive a BMW uh, i8. Okay, nice. What color is it? Uh, Gunmetal gray. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And um last but not least, who has been the biggest influence in your life? Number one. 
Yeah, those questions are pretty interesting because you have role models, mentors, you know, for different areas, mm-hmm. certainly of your life. I think, you know, of course, my mother, I learned a lot of my work ethic from her growing up. I mean, when she, when she was early as I can remember, four or five years old, she used to work at a factory mm-hmm. and my grandmother would watch me in between, but she was always working. I mean, she never went on welfare. She was always just working here, there, and just doing what she could. And I really just, I guess, subconsciously picked up on that, that she's just a hard worker and this is what you need to do to um, succeed. But she just never gave up. She was very persistent. So maybe that's where I get what I have from. So, you know, thanks mom for that. Uh, So obviously she was a big influence on my life that way. That's awesome. Love that. Very cool. And now I know you have some really awesome events coming up, um, but also what's exciting in Matthew Loop's life right now? What, what's, what's something that's really cool coming up? Also, of course, tell us about the event. Yeah, well, my, well, my wife and I are actually headed to Switzerland uh, this Sunday, and then we're also headed to a mastermind in Tuscany. So that's really exciting. We'll be there for a couple of weeks. Uh, been a couple of years since we've been over that way. Looking forward to that. Switzerland is such a gorgeous country. I mean, everywhere you look, it's like a Bob Ross painting. Oh, <laughs> it's, really? Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Um, That's a good so, way to put it. That's a really yeah. good way to put it. It's it's incredible. So we're excited about that and to take the boys. And then also we have our social media revenue summit coming up August twentieth, and that's where we see a lot of high performing doctors. Um, doing well in practice. They want to elevate their social media game, figure out what's working now. And then also the second half of the day is really about creating additional streams of income for the doctors, showing them what I've done online and giving them that process in order to be able to do that. And we have some amazing guest speakers this year, but it's a, it's one of, it's our flagship event. Yeah. And it's a, it's just a good, one of those good for the soul activities where you're in the room with high achievers that are just committed to doing bigger things in practice and in life. Uh, and you can learn more about that at socialmediarevenuesummit.com. Uh, we have two tickets left right now because the capacity of the the after party, we're doing it at a place called the Sundial. I don't know if you've ever been to Atlanta. There's a big Westin and the very top. It's a really slick uh, rotating restaurant called the Sundial, so, but they only allow 75 people there. So we're about at capacity, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal event. I interact a lot with the guests and the goal is just to create more prosperity and abundance in our profession. That's awesome. And I've never been, it is on my calendar. So hopefully I will make it. But what I have heard is that this is an incredible event. So it, put it on your calendar. If they still have tickets left, depending on when this podcast is released, um, grab a spot and don't miss out on it. Especially if you are already an established doc and want to next level your practice and your social media game. So Absolutely. And we'll put all the links in here. Is there anything else, uh, Matthew, that you wanted to cover that we didn't cover? That was pretty cool. No. Good. <laughs> Good questions. Yeah. So um, no, I think that it's it's definitely inspiring probably for other doctors to know that everyone doesn't start off way up here. And um, I'm always learning, you know, I was in a mastermind um, uh, a seminar, I should say, two, was it two or three weeks ago. And this was in regards to like real estate investing and whatnot. And it's just amazing where you know, you can be a ninja in one area and then you get into a different group and you feel like you know stuff, but you're just like, Whoa. and mm-hmm. so like, I, you know, I'm always open to learning. So always be open to learning new things. I don't care how intelligent you are, how much experience you have, because there are always entrepreneurs that are doing bigger and better things in at a level that's just uh, very inspiring. So yeah. And I think if I've learned anything from this conversation and anything that everything that you've done is 
One is always step outside of the box. So step outside of the chiropractic box, do zag when everybody else is zigs, right? Yeah. That's stepping outside of the box and uh, stay persistent and consistent in that process. So thank you so much for all of those gems today. And I hope that everybody enjoyed this conversation, whether you're watching or you are listening to it. Um, click on the links and get in touch with Matthew in whatever way that you can follow him on social media. We'll put all of that in the show notes and um, stay in touch as we release the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me, and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.